Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about the Fujifilm X-Series, GFX cameras, and for the photographers who love to use them. I'm your host, Mark Sadowski, and this week we're doing something a little bit different. Uh, recently, I'll just go into a little backstory here. Um, it, the photography industry has been hit or miss here and there. COVID has really done a number on things. And this was uh, during this time of recording. Uh, I, I was interviewing Miles Witt Boyer. And prior to the call, it was, you know, I was going through some difficult times. And Miles was just such a uplifting spirit. He is not only a tremendous photographer, but I mean, he is just an amazing person to talk to. And we were kind of all over the place. Um, it just kind of happened. And rather than trying to coalesce it into a standard interview, I'm just leaving it as is because the the stuff that he was saying was just really spot on it was so lively and fun that you know it would be a disservice to to chop it up and this is probably going to run a little bit longer than usual but you know what who says you have to finish it all in one go so I am going to leave this audio as is, and um, I would definitely love to hear your feedback. Uh, just send a message to fujilovefeedback at gmail.com. Uh, tell me what you think. Uh, it, it, again, this is a, kind of a one-off thing. We went to places of Zen, to, to put it mildly. Um, but again... Just giving you that heads up. So without further ado, let us go into the interview with Miles Witt Boyer, an amazing Fujifilm ex-photographer, a wedding photographer, and just an amazing person, a great friend. So let's get into that interview. <laughs> soundbite after soundbite after soundbite. Listen, after talking to Derek Fassbender, I can promise I'll be more interesting than that. <laughs> right on, man. Oh, so how have you been, man? How how's uh, life been treating you? You know what? At the moment, uh, I feel like I'm I'm like driving in six lanes on the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, you know, in, in in rush hour and figuring out how to still go about 105. Yeah. Uh, it, it is, it's just pure chaos. I mean, work is, work is back and sort of with a vengeance as is, you know, all of the, uh, the recordings, the interviews and all this stuff. But then I don't know if you, maybe you feel this way or, or, or maybe it's just me, but I feel like every time professionally, like, uh, I just take the governor off and go, my personal life collapses at the exact same time. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've got a bull by the horns at the moment and I'm scared to admit that I think I might be the bull. I hear what you're saying, man. Um, right now, actually for, for me personally, my business is 
not come back yet. Um, which has got me worried. I'm like, is it, is it me? It's, <laughs> it's like you're breaking up with yourself. It's not you. It's me, Mark. It's, it seems like that, but all signs just keep pointing to me, I guess. I got no one else to blame. You know, I, I wouldn't, I, here's, here's the thing that happened over the course of the last year, man, is, is we realized that this industry that we thought was number one, we thought was airtight is clearly not. But then we also realized that for all of the preaching that we've all done for, you know, niching down and understanding your genre and understanding your demographic and your brand and et cetera, et cetera, every single one of those things that we feel like those, those small little tiny communities that we felt like we put ourselves into, we, we, we're realizing now just how many micro communities there are inside of that. Oh yeah. Like neighborhood to neighborhood things are changing and uh, you know, you know what 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 is happening for photographers on one side of a small town is not working for photographers on the other side. It's yes, it's just it's it's going to take some time, I think. And listen, I mean, the reality is, I, I had a, a conversation with one of my associate photographers uh, earlier today, where he's feeling a little down. Right, he's looking at my schedule and saying, like, you know, hey, you're you're back, like you're you're cranking right now, and and it's all crickets for me. I mean, even inside the same company, we're we're starting we're we're feeling those strains. So yeah, I, I wouldn't let it I wouldn't let it uh uh you know make you nervous yet anxious. I could see, but but not nervous. I I think there's a, there's still a lot of change to happen in the next uh, four to six weeks that I think we'll see a lot of shift. Agreed, and, and I'm just in that anxious part. Um, it has been uh. <laughs> I, I have been trying to, to transition myself. Um, I mean, with with wedding photography and all that stuff, that's all well and good. I try to, uh, I'm looking to diversify and, and, and do my own uh, YouTube channel. I've been dragging my feet on that. Uh, I mean, yeah, there, there's a shocker photographer going to YouTube. I, um, I've been playing around with that. Like right now I have a channel that is solely dedicated to iPhone photography, but I want to kind of expand that a little bit. That's cool. That's such an interesting market. Yeah, this is obviously like weird sidewall here for us to from talking about Fuji. But um, I had an opportunity earlier today, actually on the other end of the table, to to interview Tim Dunk. Um, you know who he is? He's the uh, virtual photography guy. Yeah. Um, hey, dude, the stuff that people are doing right now with iPhones is just insane. Like it's completely, it's, it's mind boggling. You know I mean? He was telling me, he's like, you know, I have a, a GFX 50 S that's just sitting collecting dust. And I sat back in my chair and said, man, you're making me feel bad about myself right now because your work is every bit as good as mine with a, uh, whatever, you know, iPhone pro max 12 or whatever. So, yeah. No. Um, so I love that you're out. Honestly, I love that you're out educating about that stuff though, because I mean, you know, 15 years in this industry. And I can tell you that my iPhone photos look just like the next soccer moms. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, no, I, I, I whiffed on a few of them. Uh, the expanding part doesn't look like it's working out. So I might just keep it to iPhone photography and, and just start a new channel for the other stuff. But, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Well, it's cool though. I think, I think it's neat. I mean, just the fact that you're diversifying like that, I think is a really cool thing. Listen, I mean, you have clearly made 
I mean, in, in the world of, of photography podcasts, especially photography podcasts that are um, fairly brand specific, I mean, you're the guy, Mark. I don't know if you, or maybe you don't know that, or maybe nobody has told you that, but let me, here, here you go. Like, here's your tip, tip of the hat to you. You're the guy. Really? Yes, man. Like, um, I mean, come on, I've done three of these today, but this is, uh, this is the, this is prime time right now. I've, I've, I'm all warmed up. I'm stretched out. Like, ask me the hard questions, Mark. Let's go. Oh God. I don't even know if I know any hard questions well, right that's now. That's good. Cause I've, I've already been, been grilled three times. So let's just, <laughs> let's just talk about bourbon and how much we love GFXs. Oh my God, that I could do. Okay. Uh, the GFX part will get me drunk right there. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> which one goes first? Yeah, man. I, I mean, listen, the, uh, the community right now, I mean, the, the Fujifilm community, it's something special is happening. And, and I don't mean that within the ambassador walls, right? Like the inside the ambassador camp, there is a lot of really special movement happening, but Yes. I just mean as a, as a community, like as a whole, uh, it, it's like, uh, it, it, I, I, I told this, I mentioned this earlier on, on another podcast. So forgive me if that one gets released first, but I, I said, it's, it's like the dorky kid that, uh, that, that, you know, in between his freshman and sophomore year of high school figured out how to work out. <laughs> right. And he comes back and now suddenly that kid's the bully. And I'm like, I feel like we're all like, all of us are, uh, we're, you know, we're still good at geometry, but, but we've come back with some muscle. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go one up you on that one and say that Fujifilm has gone to such a point where we've, uh, we've transcended that. Like right now you have Sony joining the fight with Canon and Nikon, you know, megapixels, ISO and, uh, you know, Hey, I got ibis and i got three memory card slots and you know they're all fighting over who's the best and then fuji is just walking in just yeah okay it's we, like zen isn't it it's weird it's, it's like you're friends totally with, zen you're friends we, we have, with, you're friends with that cool buddhist kid <laughs> right like while everybody else is arguing you're 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 friends with the guy that's like somehow levitating in the corner and you don't get it but like okay listen i want to be friends with that guy like I uh, I feel like it's like it's it's like the David Blaine of photography, right? Like you don't you don't have to understand how the trick works to still want to be a part of it, right? And, and or if we want to go war games, Matthew Roderick, uh, <laughs> the, the only way to play the game is uh, the only way to win is to not play the game at all. Yeah, I mean you're 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 so spot on with it, and, and uh, you know we've taken a weird segue, Mark. This is gonna get weird, buddy. This is what you get for getting my last call of the day, but. Um, man, the, the community, like the industry that's, that's happening inside Fujifilm right now is, uh, it's gorilla. Like it is, it's actually like gorilla. Like you've got a perfect example, right? You've got guys like Derek, who's like just this like dope Bronx street photographer, right? Yes. He doesn't want to make money. He doesn't want clout. He doesn't like all he wants to do is just chill in his neighborhood and capture what is real. Yeah. You've got that guy positioning himself alongside Jonas Peterson, right? Like, like, you know, the godfather of wedding photography and a no name hood street photographer and they're bros. Yes. 
And it's such a great collaboration. Like the, the two two photographer, two st- completely different styles just interacting with one another. Yeah, and and uh, and you know what they have in common isn't photography. Like that's the brilliant thing about what Fujifilm is doing right now is yes is, is what what we all have in common. Like in the X team and the and the the creator team, all the ambassador team in general. Like you know what Reggie and, and myself and Allison and like what we have in common is not photography. Uh, what we have in common is it for the most part what we have in common is just this love for community like this love for people yes and absolutely. Uh, and and the photography is like this odd byproduct it's like an on-ramp for us to just have relationships with really cool people um and uh and so like that, that's what's going on right now where it's like all of a sudden i i, I told this to victor hot the other day um i said it was the weirdest feeling when you put a gfx 100 in my hand because I've been telling people for years and years and years that, uh, you know, it's not the camera, it's the photographer. It's not the camera, it's the photographer. I've been telling them that for years, right? Like, just get a camera that feels right in your hands and create art with it. Like, just do something with intention and with purpose and do it well. And then you put this GFX 100 in my hands and I, I felt like a DMV instructor that suddenly was given the keys to a Ferrari. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, crap. Well, you know what? Now that I've said that, it is pretty nice when you drive the nicest car. Yeah, but you know what you could do with that. You know, with, with the knowledge you have from the other cars that you were driving a little bit and looking at, at the controls and seeing that my arm just got, yes, this is an, an extension of my arm, but my arm just got jacked. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. It's not, this thing doesn't have power windows and a, and a moonroof right? Like we're not arguing over how many uh, cup holders this guy's got. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's just better, man. So it's just, it's a cool world right now to be in and, uh, and, and to circle back to where this whole like weird thought track happened. Um, dude, I, I mean, I, I'll be blunt. Like I'll tell you exactly how we ended up on, on this call. I wrote Derek and I was like, Derek, dude, your, your podcast with Mark, um, I don't listen to a ton of these things anymore, but I actually got some feels like that was transparent. That was vulnerable. It was raw. It was actually worth listening to. And, uh, and Derek said, man, you gotta reach out to Allison. Like that's Allison's boy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I write Allison and I'm like, Allison, I don't know if I've ever said this before in my life, but can you get me on this guy's podcast? <laughs> so Mark, I don't know if you know, but you just got worked. Like you got, you just got punked. Oh. We we cheated the system. Here I am, the no name Fujifilm ambassador. I'm I'm on it. I made it. No, dude, it's all good, man. I'm glad to have you on the show. First of all, I got to let you know that uh, I I work for Fuji Love, so so they 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 hired me to do this gig. Uh, but I am so glad that uh, one, you think it's mine. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, you're the voice, man. Like. That's like saying, I mean, I get it. Like Ryan Seacrest doesn't own, right? Like, I, I mean, I understand that, but you're the voice. Thank uh, you. That, that I, I got to tell the so me personally, that, that means so much to me because what kept me going was that the, the people who did enjoy the show would privately send me messages. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. I get how this works now. Well, welcome to the Fujifilm community. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong, right? Man, I spend like half of my life just saying, just like biting my lip and saying, you know what? I'm actually not going to comment on that Facebook post. Yes. Right? Like, 
you know the one that's like, hey, um, I uh, I was considering upgrading to the X-T4 from the X-T1, and then I realized my camera is already better than everyone else's camera. And then there's 632 comments, mm -hmm. you know, from people that are like, you know, you're an idiot, and you're like, I mean, come on, man, that this is. The, the reason that this community is great, like the reason this community is brilliant is because it is truly polarizing. Like yes. it is, uh, it's controversial. And, and so, you know, here's the thing, like, man, you should have nothing but one star or five star reviews. And guys, if you're listening to this particular episode and you give us a one star review, I'm here for it. Like high five. I will never see it. I can't. Don't it. care. I really don't care because that's a, that's a thing, man. Like, there is there's stuff going on right now that is worth listening to, but it goes beyond. I said this earlier on a, on a, 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 a message or a meeting with another guy. Um, I said it goes it goes beyond like glitter and labradoodles, right? Like we've finally gotten beyond like you know I love to sit in coffee shops with my cool wide brim hipster hat and uh, and and you know like a, a gold ampersand and. Nice. We've gotten there. Like we've gotten there. And now what's happening is people are creating art again, like real art, like actually beautiful, eloquent, intentional art. And you know what? They're doing it with cameras, with crop sensors, and they're doing it with cameras, with medium format sensors. And, and uh, you know, people are going to log in and listen to this at any number of, of levels of, of maturity in the industry. But the truth of the matter is if you get to know this community a little bit, man, like this is a group of people that are just passionate about art. And if you ever get artists into a room, they're never going to agree on everything. Right. But you know, the other thing is that the, in addition to art, there's just so many other types of uh, creators out there using the gear. I mean, now we have, I mean, you, you have your regular commercial uh, photographers, videographers now, um, we have, you, you know, just from the simplest, you know, casual photographer to the, the busiest wedding photographer or, uh, commercial, uh, what, 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 what am I thinking? Um, not landscape, uh, although landscape, yes, but, um, oh, Jesus Christ. Why, why am I blanking real estate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking, um, just so many, so many different, so many different types just coming together um, and, and using the gear, allowing themselves to expand. And it's, it's just this great party for the people who get it. They get it. <laughs> it's powerful, isn't it? Hey, I got to tell you a cool story. So this last weekend, uh, Mark, I'm in Austin this last weekend, Austin, Texas. Nice. Uh, first, first wedding I have been a groomsman at in, uh, in like eight years, right? Like I have probably, I have genuinely probably shot close to 400 weddings since the last time I was a groomsman. Yeah. And, um, you know, sidebar here, uh, Bradford Martins, if you hear this by any chance, dude, I'm still going to get that Sony out of your hands, but the photographer <laughs> was super cool, man. Like, uh, really neat experience and and uh, my, my my oldest and closest friend's wedding and it was like a 20-year reunion for my high school I mean it was like it, it was all my old friends together again super cool yeah but uh but this the groom um like I said one of my oldest friends 
pretty affluent attorney. I mean, this is a guy that that's doing pretty well for himself. And, uh, and he, um, he gave the bride for their wedding present an XT4. Nice. That is brilliant. So cool to me. I don't know why, like, you know, people are still so competitive and silly in this industry about things like that. But it was so cool to me to walk. I walked into his, uh, his, his house for the very first time. I've never even seen his house. I walk in and there's an XT4 charging on the bar. <laughs> I just start laughing. He goes, why? What, what, you know, what's so funny? I'm like, it's comical to me that your wedding present to your wife, uh, by the way, is a totally practically priced wedding present. It's not like you blew the bank, you know, this wasn't a Mercedes. But um, your wedding present to your wife just happens to be my, one of my lead cameras. Yes. So I'm like, technically, the, the thing that is proprietary right now, and this is what's brilliant right now, but the thing that is proprietary about my work, like the thing that is getting me attention, that's getting me hired, that's getting me, you know, commissioned wherever I go. It's not the camera. It's me. Because I now have this brand new wife, this cool girl who, who I love to pieces in Austin, Texas, who, who barely knows how to turn this camera on. And she's shooting the exact same gear as me. Yep. Right? And, and it, how cool is that to know that, like, you know, I mean, I switched over from, uh, I was a Canon shooter before I switched to Fuji. And, same here. And... And I had the 1DX2 and it was like, you know, the only people that you ran into with the 1DX2 were either photographers or anesthesiologists, right? <laughs> Uncle Bob's is yeah, what I Yeah, yeah but Uncle Bob was doing well. If Uncle Bob steps out of a Rolls Royce, he's got the 1DX2. Yeah. And, and, uh, and you know, this is, a, this is a couple that like, you know, they're affluent, but they're not just, you know, I mean, we're all still young, right? And, and uh they got the same camera. <laughs> I was so excited to set that camera up for her. I was like, you know, let me give you the, uh, you know, kind of the top down on this whole thing. She goes, do I have to twist this dial every time I take a picture? I'm like, well, you know, unless you want to use your iPhone, yes. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> it was just a funny conversation to have. But, man, um, there's just cool stuff, right? Like, there's just cool, actually cool things happening in ministry. And, I don't know how long you've been doing this, Mark, but man, I've been in it for, for a little while now. I mean, um, realistically speaking, I have been shooting professionally for quite a, quite a while, but I've been shooting weddings, like solely weddings since about 2010. And yeah, you know, this has been a, uh, it's been a whirlwind over the last 10 or 11 years because what's the average lifespan of a, of a wedding photographer is like three or four years. I mean, it depends I'm on like my third generation of wedding photographers now. <laughs> well, I, I live in an area where you have uh, some pretty, pretty good old timers that that are still from the film days. Um, so there's there's a good mix, healthy mix. Man, that's beautiful. Uh, so tell me, where where are you, Mark? I, don't, I I I guess I don't know. I'm based out of uh, I'm north of Boston. Okay. I'm kind of. The, the market that I focus on is actually uh, New Hampshire. I, I, yeah. I like to specialize in the rustic weddings. And so I frequent barns and the White Mountains and, you know, any kind of outdoor location. Man, I spend a lot of time in the New England area. I mean, I shoot, I shoot probably, except for, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, but we're getting back, man. All fall, I'll be up there. But 
I oh my god! If you're in the area, I will second shoot for you. Let's like, do it, honestly. man. Like I spent, I spent a lot of time, a whole lot of time in, uh, you know, Rhode Island, Vermont, New York, Connecticut, for sure. The tri-state area, I'm in a lot, but yeah, um, but it's it's very common for me to come in and uh, and do the like Boston to Vermont trip. Um, and yeah, that's such a great road. Like, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time up there, but. There's a there's a spot in Rhode Island that's like I mean I don't know if you've ever had a chance to shoot a wedding at the Ocean House or not but that yes. was your life man like the first time you see somebody spend twenty thousand dollars an hour on a croquet lawn your life will change <laughs> you're like wow you know they they got this croquet lawn for uh, for one hour and they got their photography for ten hours. And uh, and man, I came in half price. Like, what? what where's the priority <laughs> right now? Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I no, I, the the ocean house I never photographed at. I, I I'm thinking, um, what, what what was I doing? Um, the the Viking hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's close to Westerly, right? Like further, yeah. up, further up the coast. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen that one as well. I haven't shot there yet, but I've. I've seen that one as well. Dude, I love, you know what? We did one um, in Plymouth last year, or sorry, the year before last. Last year is like a, it's like a wormhole. I forget that last year happened. Yeah, Um, there's a lot of uh, gaps in last year. We did one in Plymouth and this was the weirdest situation for me. Like we, we decided we, we were trying to figure out like, where's the first look going to be, right? Like it was, it was kind of a, I think it was an okay venue. It was all right. It was kind of a country club. And you know, if you've shot at one golf course, you have literally shot at every golf course. And um, I know the one you're talking about. Right. Yeah, there you go. So I'm trying to figure out like, where are we going to go? And, and there's this like, odd viking castle thing i don't do you know what i'm talking about like it's weird man it's like this like we pulled up and i'm like it feels like a uh what's what's the place in las vegas medieval days or whatever it it feels like that but like the real version like a you know at any given moment a knight is gonna run charge out towards me at heath ledger on top and some like awesome you know remix of a queen song (laughs) <laughs> we did the Which first typical look there. Of but, dude like i mean that that is the most in my opinion at least i mean i've shot weddings i think now in 42 states um oh, that's, and, that's awesome and uh the new england area every everything around you is in my opinion at least i think it's the most dynamic shooting area in the country because if you drive 30 miles in any direction the landscape the demographic the uh, the venues everything changes right like in in thirty miles you could go from from eating like fresh lobster at a multi million dollar venue to uh, to like a hoedown in a barn yes and this is why I love this area so much it's because of I mean the if anything drew me to wedding photography it's the amount of travel that I would uh, need to do. And I love traveling. And if there's a venue or uh, a destination that I've never been to, it, it's such a thrilling feeling uh, because your senses get heightened. You're, you're taking everything in at, at such a higher level. And, and the photography just is so much more memorable uh, because everything is coming in fresh and new and 
it, it is just such a I, I mean like you said the the photography is the byproduct seeing and, and experiencing something brand new that is the thrill yeah isn't it interesting when you shoot the same venue i was talking to a, i was talking to ben hartley the other day about this and he he made this this really cool comment who by the way he's a fuji photographer as well um so you know he's got good taste but he's also <laughs> the most opinionated person on earth but, it's all good but he was, he was would you photographer no 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 <laughs> us no way well you know what listen we get so good at we get so bruised up like we always have two black eyes but we also always have bloody knuckles yes <laughs> um, but i was talking to him and he was saying something about like his his ideal venue right and he goes my ideal venue is this place five miles from my house but he was like you know i'm i'm in a different stage in my life i've got kids and i like i you know, I kind of want to come home at the end of the night. So he goes, if I could book a $10,000 wedding five miles from my house, that's my ideal venue. And I was kind of laughing because I'm like, man, yeah, once. Like just the one time, that sounds awesome. But if yeah. you ask me to do that week after week after week, dude, there are so many other jobs I would rather do repetitively than wedding photography. Oh my God. Yeah. But, like, but there's, I can't think of another job. I genuinely can't think of another job I would rather do. But if you want me to shoot at the same venue over and over, even for $10,000, man, even if the paycheck is just there, I feel like I would have like a month in me before I would just be a wreck of a person. Agreed. Like you could see me at 10 a.m. showing up for hair and makeup, makeup seven or eight mimosas deep. Like, there is no way I could do this week after week at the same place. But what, what keeps me going really is it's the variety. It's the, mm -hmm. it's the, uh, you know, it's the having to get on, uh, you know, whatever, whatever app like sun surveyor, right. And try and figure out where's the sun going to set. Like how, how can I make this work? You know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I, I feel good about the fact that I can catch a view as long as we go here. Right. And yes, I, it's, it's the working with the clients and trying to convince them every single week. Like, you know, I know you've only given me 20 minutes, but what does 30 look like? I mean, it, it is the, it's that, that it's the, it's the being the emergency room surgeon as opposed to the heart doctor that keeps me in this. Yep. Um, because I like it, you know, give me a, like a, you know, a rusty steak knife. And I like, I'm like, I'm the, I feel like I'm the Grey's Anatomy of wedding photographers, right? <laughs> we'll make it work guys. Like everybody pile in here. This is going to happen. But the, the end result is always this, uh, this like oddly authentic picture of what actually happened. Yes. Um, and, and then when you get those images, like when you get those shots back that everybody sits back, it's like those, uh, those whirlwind images where everybody sits back and goes, holy crap. You're able to say, like, this is the best part of being a wedding photographer these days. You're able to say, like, guys, that wasn't scripted. Yep. You know, like, no, this wasn't, this wasn't a, uh, you know, hey, you guys have a bottomless budget. Book me a, a helicopter for three hours and I want you to stand perfectly still no matter what you do until I get it right. This is the like, guys, I don't even know. The tide was coming in. I convinced them somehow to go out on that dock that's like, you know, sinking. And uh, 
things were good. There were, there were dolphins jumping in the background and the sunset and there was an F3 tornado. And I just took a picture right before the bride fell in the water and it worked. Yeah. Wait, did that actually happen? No, but that would be awesome. <laughs> it was so convincing. <laughs> That's like a mix of three or four stories. But listen, there is actually a story there. There, there is several stories in that that are that are actually true. I did shoot in uh, in Turks and Caicos a few years ago. I convinced a couple to go out on a dock um, that had been abandoned. The reason it was abandoned was because this is so weird to me that this is like real life, but because of global warming the water table actually has come up too much for yes. this doctor. It's so weird. Like that to see that actual, like in, in reality, right? Like I feel like so, so much of this is like figurative to us, but to see that in reality, where I'm like, why, wait, where, what happened to all the wood on this dock? Yeah. Like, well, it, it rotted out because the oceans are too high now. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. Oh, okay. by the way, that happened in the last like eight months. I'm like, Oh, okay. Fantastic. But I convinced them to go out. I need to send you this picture, Mark. I, I convinced them to go out on the concrete pylons. And I knew tide was coming in. And so it was like, it was a pretty rushed thing. It was oh, like a race for the tide. Yeah. It really was. It was like run out there. Right. It's like right now the water is maybe, you know, six or eight inches below the concrete. So run out there on the skeleton of this, of this uh, pier and like, let's shoot photos where it literally looks like you're floating on the water. But we've got to hurry because if we if we take too long, you're going to end up underwater and your entire reception is waiting for you right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that part of it is an actual is, a, is an actual story. And the, the F3 tornado thing is another story. But um, when you live in Arkansas, you get kind of weirdly callous to tornadoes. So, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the sirens go off, and it's more like a, uh, it's like a suggestion. Have you ever been in a building when the fire alarm goes off, and everybody looks around like, well, should we should we close out our tabs, or should we get? It, it, totally. Like, I, I totally know, I, I exactly know what you're referring to. We have similar reactions to other things here in New England. Um, you know, I, I will laugh about this. Uh, I had a team of photographers up in your area actually last year in, in Connecticut when that, that big, uh, fairly large tornado went through like the New Haven area. Yep. Um, my photographers had just landed, man. I had two guys that landed. I mean, this is in the middle of COVID, man. Like, like we had to, I'm, I'm probably going to get subpoenaed for this comment, but we had to fly these guys into New Jersey with negative COVID tests, because New Jersey has like a travel advisory, right? Not a travel ban. So we yes. have to fly these guys into New Jersey with negative COVID tests in their pocket, like on, on paper in their pocket, and drive them across state lines through New York into Connecticut so that they could get to this wedding. Because the wedding was still on. They just, Connecticut was like hardcore about like nobody from Arkansas can come because the statistics are too high, right? Yeah. So they get up there and they finally get, I mean, all of this headache just to get to Connecticut and they get up there and they get kind of like comfortable and settled in. And the, uh, the rehearsal dinner starts in like two hours and I get a call from Max, who's one of my associate shooters. He goes, dude, you're never going to believe this giant tornado just went through the highway. There's no way for me to get to the rehearsal. Oh, like a tornado in Connecticut. Like who's ever even heard of that? Yeah. I, yeah, it's it, 2020 was weird. <laughs> Am I right? I'm like, 
evidently there were some other things going on besides just COVID, like tornadoes <laughs> in Connecticut, right? Um, he was sending me pictures of like, you know, giant trees down on the highway. I'm like, man, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, are there any surface streets? Like, can you get there anyway? Yes. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm just letting you know right now, like, please don't fire me when the client says I didn't show up to the rehearsal dinner because I'm doing my best. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. <laughs> man, uh, I, I, I think the what COVID did to us is a whole other podcast. That, that we could do. I, I, I don't think it, we're quite ready yet uh, just now. I think that is something that we could focus on next year. Yeah, that's the actual, <laughs> but, like the hashtag too soon. Like we're, we're right now at hashtag too soon. We are still there. So dude, we've been going, I think it, it looks like I'm, I'm counting, I'm looking at the timer. We've been going for 35 minutes and we've yet to actually talk about anything. We have been talking about so many cool things. This is gonna, I'm gonna do a very unique uh, intro to uh, this show because it deserves it. But let me just uh, say this: let's let's be a little official. Uh, I'd like to introduce Miles with Boyer to the show. <laughs> if you've made it if you've made it this long. You are truly a fan, and uh, send me a message to FujiLoveFeedback at gmail and I will personally thank you for listening. <laughs> Man, but thank you for your one star review, thank you for your one star review. Um, Miles is not only a tremendous wedding photographer, which I suggest everybody go check out Miles's work, uh, both on his website and Instagram, uh, Miles Whip Boyer. Uh, he is not only a fantastic wedding photographer, but he is also a Fuji X creator and fuji x photographer but more importantly you were rated one of the world's best wedding photographers by your mom between 2009 and 2019 literally that is a tremendous year. streak literally uh, every year 10 years in a row man. 10 uh, all 10 years in a row you would have had 11 but allison conklin beat you out in 2020 so um you know better luck next year <laughs> Yes, my mom decided to love her more. <laughs> it was it was close though. It was close. You got a good uh, close second place that year. <laughs> but man, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, you are uh, again just love the direction our conversation went all over the place. Uh, it's one very refreshing to kind of change things up a bit. Um, but man, it goes to show just how energetic you are and how this reflects in your work, because you truly, when looking at your couples, uh, and your families, uh, the, the, the thing that sticks out the most are the candid moments, even in post photography. Uh, it is, you're, you're getting a slice of life rather than, a portraiture. Yeah, I that's really flattering actually. Like that's a I I'm sitting here smiling, Mark. I <laughs> um you you forgot to mention okay, there is another step to that whole ridiculous like best of thing. Looks like film finally said I'm worth something. So that's the next step to that thing. Um you know, <laughs> 20, 2020 I finally won something. Um, <laughs> but I listen 
man. I maybe sometimes you know I, I feel like all of us like struggle with this whole imposter syndrome thing, right? Where it's like, are we curating our work enough? And so sometimes I wonder, man. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just curating this candid thing really well. But but I'll tell you this, Mark. Like truly tell you this. I have gotten totally lost, uh, like, and I mean that, like intentionally lost down the rabbit hole of what my clients actually feel, like what, what it is that, that genuinely matters to them and, and the, the emotions and the moments that they actually feel on a wedding day and how my images can capture that as opposed to just capturing the factual events of their wedding day, if that makes sense. It does. So yeah, man, I'm, I, uh, I, I kind of, I, I feel like these days, a lot of people just assume that I'm like this, uh, odd emo, like I'm the dashboard confessional of wedding photographers. And it, listen, I would take that in a heartbeat, but the, uh, the truth is, I, I don't know if that's true, but I, um, I'm trying really hard to be, uh, you know, Pi Jersa said this the other day about me, man. He said I was one of the more empathetic photographers that he's ever met. And I will take that compliment any single day. Like I'm trying really hard to be that guy. That's, that makes uh, sense. That's, you know, like that is empathy mm. forward, right? Like I, I may not always be able to relate, but I want to feel what you feel. And then when I, when I take those pictures, man, I want, I want to not just like help you remember what you felt, but I want to feel it with you. And, uh, that, that changes the way that as an artist, it changes the way I compose, uh, you know, shooting, shooting things in as intentionally a first person view, as opposed to a third person view, it really changes who you are as an artist. It makes sense because it, again, it goes back to, what we were talking about earlier in that with Fujifilm, it's you, you get to the point where the the camera becomes such a part of you. It's an extension of you. Um, So what, I mean, I mean, just with, with your photos and just with some of these moments uh, you are taking the couples or, or or the, just the, the, the day, the event, uh, that emotion and, and using that as your uh, extension of yourself as well. And kind of, it, it's almost like, uh, God, I, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but you, you, I mean, you're using that day's energy to, to guide you surf it really. Um, and it, it directs you with your photography. So using that kind of energy makes sense. Yeah, I, it's it's really interesting because I uh, I feel like at this point, like a lot of my clients, a lot of people that hire me, or more like when they hire me, I think they assume that I'm like this Nicholas Sparks of a man, right? Like uh, I live this kind of oddly romantic uh, fairy tale with my wife, and uh, and I you know I, I wake up each morning with a you know a red rose in my mouth, and I write her love letters. And well, you do have a great hat. Dude, I do have one. <laughs> I'm wearing it right now, actually, Mark. And I'm not kidding. Listen, the truth of the matter is most of these podcasts it, it podcasts these days ask me for video as well. So I've got like beautiful lighting on me right now. Like I'm, I'm disappointed that you are in the tank top and pajamas because I came ready. Uh, I am looking like a slob uh, that, that, that just finished 
defeated by a, a, a cake eating contest. See, keep in mind though, I mean, this is the difference, Mark. And I mean, it is the genuine difference between where we're at. If Derek Fossbender were to see me in an in a podcast and me not look a hundred percent, he would think that he was the best looking Fuji creator. And, and I, I mean, can't let that happen. So, you know what, he's just going to have to use his creative wits to, to imagine you. No, he um, knows he's aware. Like, I, I mean, I, he just, <laughs> he, I mean, I just put him completely on blast him understanding. And the truth of the matter is like, I, I use that, that name jokingly, but it's actually Paul on reader. That's the best looking. But anyway, I, man, I, um, I do my best, man. I, I try, <laughs> I try to not take this like so seriously on a personal level that I can't have fun with it. And, and so, you know, as an artist, I mean, I'm like perpetually looking for new ways to just sort of push myself and, and kind of have fun and be creative and, and engage uh, you know, in the moment, but as a, as a creator, like as an artist, I'll tell you that the, the way that I have found that that works best is when I am really like genuinely the most in tune with what my clients are feeling. And, and that's such a, like, it's such a taboo topic right now because everybody wants to say that they like, you know, get to know their couples and they, you know, they send them over a questionnaire Right. Like, and that questionnaire tells them everything they need to know. Right. And, and I, I kind of chuckle at that. Cause I'm like, well, tell me about their insecurities. Like, tell me about what they're upset about, what they're nervous about. How do you solve for that stuff? Right. Like, how is it that you as an, as an artist are jumping in and, uh, and creating work that speaks to, you know, not just why they fell in love, but, uh, but, what what heartbreaks were solved because of this marriage or yeah you know like i want to know the pain like i want people to be able to see my photos and to see that there is like there is genuine pain in the undertones of these images and and that by the way is like that's the humanity like that's the good stuff that we all go through it, it's this understanding of like healing and uh and, and just persistence ends up somehow for so many people uh, creating these beautiful relationships with other people that can relate. And I just want, I don't know, I want my photos to tell that story as often as possible. But because of that, if I'm going to empathize in those moments, you know, if, I, if I'm going to feel the, the heartbreak and the hurt and, and whatever in an image, like I have to feel it you know, at, to my core. So I spend a lot of a wedding day sort of in my, in my head as it were. Right. Yes. Um, I think that's different than a lot of the industry these days. A lot of people are just, uh, I don't know if it's an insecurity or maybe just sort of callous to where their feelings come from, but, um, you know, that's just, I don't know. That's not me anymore. I mean, I zero fear sitting there and, uh, and feeling something right alongside them. Mm, I, I, I know how I know what you're talking about. Uh, to some degree, I kind of skirt that line uh, a little bit differently. But again, I, I'm having difficulty putting that into into words. I mean, you're, you're doing it. It, it, it is uh, there. 
the joy, the the you know the surprise, the so prevalent in, in your images. I, I mean, I I just adore it. The, this is the kind of stuff that I I hope my wedding uh, photos can uh, rise up to. Uh, it it is awesome, even yeah. in the simplest poses. It, it is just really cool and, and the compositions just really tell uh j- just give it such life like th- there's this one photo i'm looking at right now on your instagram where uh, the, the couple they're holding hands uh running the couple is very small but the sky is just so open and, and it, it is just it's just an amazing photo. It's inspiring because here you have the couple, the, the world is opened up to them. Um, it's awesome. And that, that means so much. And don't get me wrong. I want to be over on that podcast as well, but I think there's actually like, (laughs) I think there's a segue though. Like, listen, when you, when you drink that Kool-Aid, uh, whether whether you consider yourself an artist or a creator or God forbid a content creator, which that's a whole other content. I mean, we could we could have that talk for a while. But when you consider yourself in that realm, when you finally say, like, you know what I'm going to do with my life is I'm going to create art. Yeah. The next logical step is I'm going to create art that matters. Yes. Right. Like. Nobody wants to be the artist that creates art that doesn't matter. And so when you go down that road, it has to permeate through every piece of you. It has to permeate into your brand. I don't mean your branding, guys. Like this isn't the, this isn't the stupid, like the conversation about like, oh, your logo needs to say so much about you. I mean your right. brand, how you dress, who you are, how you talk about yourself, the experience that you provide. But deeper than that, it has to start to permeate into the gear that you shoot and why. You know, like your paintbrush as an artist matters. In fact, actually, your paintbrush probably says more about who you are as an artist than the paint. So that's a great segue. And let's talk about your brushes. What do you use for uh, gear right now uh, for, for weddings and other assignments that you're on? This is the hardest question to answer because I, uh, I'm so proud of what I shoot. And then at the same time, I cringe because for the very first time, it's what like we talked about early on for the very first time in my industry. I feel like I'm finally shooting the camera that people could aspire to. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't want people to feel like they sit back and say, Oh, well it figures that he shoots that camera. Right. So I do. Yeah. I shoot the GFX 100. Like, Let's get that out of the way. It's uh, that is the case. That is my my camera number one. It's the camera that I love the most, and I don't do it halfway. And uh, and I always kind of I feel like I always kind of piss off Fujifilm when I say that, man. But I I mean I know I don't, but I always feel like I kind of do because I I'm not going to shoot a hundred megapixel camera, um, you know, with with a media farm. like this is the most tech advanced camera system on the market. I'm not going to shoot that thing JPEG. Like we're going yeah. raw. I want to know all the dynamic range in that file. Like we are going for it. So yeah, I do it. I do it to its max potential as often as possible. But here's the thing: alongside that camera, on any given wedding, even if it's just me, and a lot of my weddings I still shoot alone. At any given wedding, 
Alongside that camera, I am still also shooting a, a 50R. That, that camera ends up uh, in my hands pretty much anytime I'm feeling frustrated. And I, I'd, I'd love to explain that to you. But anytime I'm feeling like, uh, like creatively dry, I reach for the 50R. Yep. The, the X-T4 is my machine gun. Like that thing is outrageously capable. It will catch anything and it never says I'm sorry. Like that camera never <laughs> apologizes to me. Um, and you know that what, is a great you know, way to put it. If you know much about the X-T4, you know that as a photographer, unless you're shooting video as well, the X-T3 is basically the same freaking camera. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm shooting, I've got a T3 in my, in my bag as well, but it's usually the T4 that comes out. And then uh, the X100V gets a lot of love. I love that. Um, man, I love, to, I love to tell this story. So I shot, I shot a wedding uh, in, in 2019 um, with, uh, with, with a very affluent, I mean, by very affluent, I mean like, like NDA style affluent couple. Yep. Um, and the bride is, uh, the bride's pretty, um, pretty jumpy around cameras. She actually has got some anxiety problems. She doesn't love cameras in her face. And so we showed up to that camera, like on brand for me, right? Or I'm sorry, that wedding, like on brand for me, which just means like, you know, the doors fly open and there's smoke, smoke machines and lasers. Right. And we are like, we, we want to run in like, you know, the, the, the most, you know, Taylor beautiful suits and and uh, the the flashy gear and like let's go you know like it's party time and and I see the bride's face and I realize uh, man that's not going to cut it today like this is a girl that is not going to react well to me uh, when she knows that that there are photos being taken and so you know I, I kind of walk in I pour her a mimosa put my arm around her. Uh, tell her, hey, listen, I've got a few things I got to take care of. I'll, I'll be right back. And I walk back out. I, I send my assistant to go shoot the groomsmen and hang out with them for a little bit. I take off the GFX 50R at the time. So it's on my, what's on my side and, and, yeah. uh, and take off my camera bag, take off everything. I put an X100 in my pocket. I walk back in there uh, with a glass of wine for her and the X100. And we shot the rest of hair and makeup and all the bridesmaids photos with that camera. And nice. uh, just because it was so unintimidating. It and, is exactly that. And, and man, like it was flawless. It was absolutely flawless. So we have people all the time. I mean, that ask me like, what's in my bag. And the, the honest truth guys, I mean, come on, I'm an ambassador. So if I'm if I've got a uh, if I've got a pretty puny kit, like that's not a good look on the brand, right? Like I'm rocking the good stuff. Let's just call it that. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about Fujifilm, like the beautiful, amazing thing about Fujifilm, is if you're shooting an X series camera, more than likely you're shooting the best sensor they have. Right? And if totally. you're shooting a GFX system camera, more than likely, you know, like you've got the good stuff. So you you can afford to, to go ahead and put the big camera down every once in a while. Um, the sensor that is in one camera, it, the sensor that is in the 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 X-T3 is the same ca uh, sensor that's in the X-T30. Uh, I, I saw a comment today uh, about one, oh God, one, one Facebook user in one of the uh, Fuji groups that I'm part of uh, he was 
timid that he he had purchased the i think it was the xt not xt the xe3 um and 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 the lens for that yeah uh and wondered if uh he made the right choice and uh there was this great response in, in that you know the 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 sensors are the same the, you know the performance is essentially the same uh it, it's all about what you do with the camera rather than you know don't don't let you know all these you know one card slot uh no ibis uh, you know all these excuses for not creating uh get him down and so so having that one fuji community person really uplift this guy's spirit was amazing to see but i mean to to your point uh you know you walk in with just an x100 and, and you you could have shot the day with the x100 and come out with great photos yeah and I, have, and, I mean i have a number of times like i think i think it's important for people to hear this and and uh and i feel like i say i kind of a broken record but um i got rid of sixty five thousand dollars worth of competitors camera equipment 65k because of an xt10 because of because of a 700 dollars camera that i put a 350 dollars lens on yeah and i shot that camera and something about it just it just brought it all back for me like i i it just woke me up where i finally realized that i had become a sucker like i had become a sucker for the newest tech and the newest marketing campaign, the 30 frames per second, the, uh, you know, whatever, whatever the joke is right now. And guys, it is a joke. Like, I, I don't mean that. I try and not be, I mean, this is the Fuji Love podcast, so I can be a little bit more blunt than I usually am. I try and be kind of like appropriate, but the reality is like, whatever the marketing joke is that you're being fed, I had become that sucker. And and then I picked up this little XT10 and I realized, you know what? I haven't had fun doing this in a long time. Yes. And when I have fun, like when I enjoy it, guys, like I'm pretty freaking good at this. But when mm-hmm. I don't have fun at it, man, I just look like everybody else. It's, I, and, and I get that too. For me, it was the, the very first X100. Yeah. Uh, I, I used that at a wedding and like just seeing the, the screen and the colors and, and looking at my Canon, it's seeing such a difference. It, it was, it was, it was baffling. And, and later, uh, as I tried to get accustomed to the, because at that time it, the autofocus was a challenge, the XE2 with the 35 millimeter, um, the, the 1.4, yeah, yeah. it was, it, it got to the point where the, the between shooting with my Canon and shooting with the XE, it looked like it was two different photographers shooting because on the one hand, when I was shooting with the, the, the XE two, I was having so much fun. I was being a little bit more creative. I, I was able to do this. I was able to do that. And then I go back to the Canon and it's just, you know, paint my numbers. Um, 
to the point where I, I really had to like get accustomed to this auto focus and God bless Fuji, the XT2, uh, the XT1 rolled around and that solved that problem. You know, I mentioned though, like that was the, uh, when I mentioned that, that I reached for that GFX 50R, um, that's the camera. I have a lot of people that will write me and say like, you know, Hey, I've got X amount to spend, right? Whatever it is. And, and, uh, what, like, what's the camera that I should buy? And I always send the same answer over, which is if you want to have longevity in this industry, if you want, if you want to find yourself in a place where you are just creating art on a weekly basis, especially as a wedding photographer, you need to wrap your mind around two things. Number one, you need to wrap your mind around that, uh, that missing photos is a part of life. Yes. If you have a camera that has such rapid, I AI autofocus face detect, et cetera, et cetera, that you never miss autofocus. You're doing yourself as an artist a disservice um, because you're never looking for ways that you could compose creatively, you know, without, without focus, like where you could miss potentially miss focus on an eye or on a face and catch something else. That's really beautiful. Um, Agreed. That's, that is, uh, some of my best photos came when, when autofocus failed. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it, it really is remarkable. So, so that's number one, but number two, if you're, if you're looking for a camera that reacts as fast as your brain does, then, then you're, you're probably in the wrong industry. Meaning if, if whatever is in your hand can be so rapidly affected by a moment that your very first impression to it is the photo that it takes, it doesn't encourage you as an artist to evolve that moment. It doesn't, it doesn't train you to see where that moment is going to go or where it came from. It doesn't train you to project movement or understand the evolution of, of emotion. It, yes. it, it, all it does is allow you to say, right here, right now, it is the McDonald's of camera. And, yeah, that makes sense. And the GFX 50R did this thing for me where it trained me. It felt like shooting an old Hasselblad, like film Hasselblad. It trained me to say, listen, if I press this button too fast, then I'm going to miss the next frame. So I need to make sure that when I press this button down, I am ready to shoot because I'm going to get one chance at this. Yeah. And everything about the way that I shot a wedding day, everything from the way the bridesmaids walked down the aisle to me, to the kiss, to the first look, to the dance work, every single thing shifted when I realized that every picture that I take does matter. And and then it shifted in my mind where I thought, man, how many thousands and thousands of photos am I taking with other cameras that don't matter? All in the name of just spraying and praying until I catch it. And at a certain point, you didn't have to pray anymore. <laughs> it was just You're right. Yeah. So like with the new, that's my big thing with my, you know, my buddy is my, my friends of mine that are like on the, on the Sony team, right? They're like, oh, we got 30 frames per second. And I'm like, 
that's where art dies, guys. That's not like, I'm a huge fan of the idea that, uh, that as tech evolves, so does creativity. So much so that I feel like, you know, here's a perfect example. If Andy Warhol were alive today, that dude would be obsessed with whatever thing is tech, the most tech advanced option. Yeah. Like I, I firmly believe that art chases technology, but when you're shooting things so rapidly, when your camera can outpace your eye, then your eye is no longer important. And now you're one step away. You're actually genuinely one step away from that place that we've all been worried as photographers that we're going to get, which is, hey, just show up, shoot it all in 8K video, and then pull the screen captures later. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, pretty much. Right. And I know a lot of videographers, like a good friends of mine, like videographers that are really eager for that day. But I'm not because I'm saying, man, I want to compose the moment. I want to freeze the moment. I want to have the audacity to say this moment mattered more than that moment. Right? Yeah. And I, and I think to, to your point, uh, pulling a, a still from a, from a day is, is different than capturing a, an intentional moment. Um, I, I mean, granted that's, that's in my head that, that I, I see it that way. No, it is. Like, this is why I think Fuji plays such a important role in this, especially with the film simulation and uh, you know, their, their dedication to having each photo be as tangible as possible uh, in, in that it looks it, it looks like it has a life of its own each each captured frame so it, it's not just a still it's a slice of life yeah dude you're you're so spot on let me tell you why i i've been saying on these things on podcasts and recordings for uh, for for two years now i have said this single statement over and over and over again where i've said listen there's something unnatural about photography Right, like our our eyes don't happen in a three three thousandth of a second, or a one thousandth of a second, or a five hundredth of a second. Our, right, we see motion, we see emotion, we see movement, we see, and all of that makes sense to me completely. But I've been wrong, and I've been really wrong in this one sense. And this is something that's really happened to me over the last uh, I don't know, maybe maybe three or four months, where I've realized. What that did, what that statement did in my mind was it gave me the freedom to shoot things that are slightly out of focus or to shoot things that have a little bit of motion to them or shoot things that, that, uh, you know, maybe weren't the exact climax of capture, but it was a, a moment leading up to it because you're, I was right. You know, like we don't see things in frozen moments, but the truth of the matter is like that the reality is from a neurological level, we remember them in frozen moments. Mm -hmm. We remember just in our mind, right? I remember dancing with my dad at my wedding. No, you don't. Do you remember the whole dance? No, no way. You remember that moment that he like pulled back and looked at you and he had a tear in his eye and you laughed at him. Yeah. That, that may have been two seconds or three seconds, right? But it wasn't 30 seconds. 
Like what right. we capture as photographers, it really is, it genuinely is from a neurological perspective, it really is the way our memory works. So it's so important that we are so present and intentional about the way that we capture. But man, I've yet to catch another camera in my hand. And, and I mean this genuinely. I mean, I, I realize like I'm supposed to be biased here. But it's important for me to point out all the time, I fell in love with Fuji a long time before anybody at that company had any idea who I was. But I've yet to touch another camera that I felt like saw a moment or saw the potential for a moment even the same way that I do. And, uh, and that's how it comes down to those things like, you know, the film sims and and the color science and all of that stuff, it comes down to this perspective of understanding that, you know, what is possible for tech right now? Um, you know, like 360 stops of dynamic range or whatever craziness is going on right now. <laughs> like, it isn't important that we catch everything that is impossible. It is important that we catch what is real. Yes. And, uh, and Fuji, man, they're just like on top of it right now. Like from a perspective, like from the corporate level down, from Japan into the, the U.S. team, the North America team down, what they're communicating to us. And this is a cool thing, I think, to hear for everybody that's listening to this. But what they're communicating to us as the ambassador teams that they want us to connect and communicate to everybody else is that what we're doing right now as creatives, as photographers, as artists, what we're doing matters. It is, it's like, it's essential work. We're catching, we're catching the truth behind all of the stories that the lives that are happening around us and all of the tech that they're putting into these cameras is built with the intentionality of empowering us to catch those truths. And that is freaking huge. Yes. And to cap it, um, for my own personal wedding photography, the greatest tool I have from Fuji is the that that has made the biggest difference has been the Instax printers. That has been by far the the thing that changed everything. Uh, for me because as i shoot the day and people on the show have heard me tell this story many many times so i apologize if it's a repeat i'll, I'll go quick um but as the day the day goes by uh you know capture moments uh and, and then when, when the reception is uh when the wedding is transitioning to the reception I quickly print out the the ten stack uh, of key moments that happened, put them on the couple's table so that after they finish their first dance, they come and sit down and boom, they they're hit with, uh, they get to reminisce immediately, basically, and and it's it, it's made such a huge deal, uh, you know, they just this simple $16 product uh, for the film cost me a little bit more for the printer, but <laughs> um, 
but just this simple gesture has made such a huge difference. And, and it, it's to see your day in, you know, just the, in, in film, it, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I have in stacks film all over my house. We, we have it everywhere. Just little moments here and there uh, on the mirrors, on the, on our cork boards and so forth. It's uh, that, that, that has made the biggest difference. I think tangible photography. Yeah. But people just don't gra- exactly tangible, right? Like people don't get there is that there's a middle ground um, good buddy of mine is a, a guy named Chad de Blasio and he's huge in the IPS world. And, um, you know, just to do this, like, like he has really like lost his mind in the idea of like the importance of print from a business perspective, but people don't get that, you know, you don't have to spend two or $3,000 on a print. Like you really don't have to, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a, a, a 30 by 40, you know, double matte framed piece for it to have value. Right. Um, and it's funny that you say that because I have, I have Instax photos sitting right here on my desk that are the most, the most COVID things possible. Man. Like it's, it's like <laughs> pictures of my five-year-old holding his teddy bear. Actually, yep. I, I started doing this, this last, uh, this last month, right before we went ahead and sent, thank God, but we went ahead and sent my five-year-old back to pre-K. And uh, prior to that, man, I've had the most special little year with him ever. Just, uh, you know, us sharing an office and spending time together and, uh, you know, learning learning what pre-K looks like for him and then him learning what work looks like for me. But I would send him on photo assignments through the house. Um, so I would put a, uh, I'd put an Instax camera um, either the Neo or, you know, one of the little minis or something, um, around his neck. And I'd send him on photo assignments. I'd say like, listen, I need you to go shoot something that, uh, you know, that can fly. And he'd come back, you know, he couldn't find anything and go back frustrated and he'd walk through the house and finally he'd make a paper airplane and he'd come back and take a picture of it. Right. But man, there's something about those tangible moments, like those memories. You know, he'd come back with a picture of his cute little five-year-old hand holding a paper airplane that I just cherish. Yes. And uh, I, man, I said this. I said this the other day to uh, on a blog post, actually, one of my blog posts, where I said, if you don't print your photos, if they never become something that you hold, then they don't become photos. They're still images. Yep. And if they're images, what they are is a series of ones and zeros. I don't know if that's true anymore. Probably not. But what they are is, you know, it's a series of code and it can get covered up at any moment by a cat meme or a screenshot or text message or whatever. It doesn't matter. And there's no priority list in your, in your photo album on your phone. Like there's no, there's no way to say this is important and this is not. But when you print a photo, every time you touch it, you're forced to face the moment that that photo was taken. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's the ethos. Like that's the, that's the culture behind where Fujifilm started. 
a lot of people I don't I don't think grasp that. You know, people see these digital cameras, whether they whether they say Fujifilm on them or Sony or Canon or whatever, it doesn't matter. But they see these things that are built to to image capture, but they forget like where did these companies start? Like what is the ethos? Right? Like at the at the baseline, what is the priority? What's the most important part to the cultural heritage of this company? And that's where Fujifilm started. It's like creating this beautiful color science through which we could experience the world and share it with people. Uh, that's beautiful. Like that in and of itself is beautiful. And while, you know, you can, you can run through Target and buy a, a, a calculator that says Sony on it. You know, Fujifilm has been focused for a while. Um, and it's, it is the single biggest reason, it truly is, it's the single biggest reason why I am hugely, hugely brand loyal is the fact that I know that this is a camera company that is focused on uh, driving forward the industry that I love. Yes. You know, and, you know, I, come what may, I guess, right? Who knows what's next? I can't wait to see it. I mean, it, that, that's, the, that's the best part. And I think to to some degree, I think we, we all are sitting back and just waiting to see what happens. I mean, look look what we've seen in the past few years. We've seen APS-C become a serious contender. It is it is up there, you know. To to, to all the Sony full frame people out there, you're you're going to shit yourself. But, uh, you know, APS-C is up there with uh, full frame. Stay down, Sony. <laughs> uh, or, or Canon. Um, but it, it's up there. You, you, no one will discernibly tell the difference between a print of a full frame and, a, and you know, an APS-C sensor. And, and then on top of that, we have Fujifilm look at all the people, you know, demanding full frame and, you know, Fujifilm says, hold my beer. And what do they do? They come out with uh, medium format and revolutionize that business. Yeah, like, like they just beat that business within a few years to the ground and say, you know, hey, guess what? It's affordable now. Man, you know what is fascinating, though, and, and people that are listening to this will grasp this, I hope, uh, will just wrap their mind around this in a hurry, but so few people understood what medium format was before Fujifilm made it mainstream. Yes. That I, I have had so many people that write me and that are like, yeah, yeah, but they only shoot like weird like crop sensor stuff, right? Like. What is that? What's that? Uh, what's that GFX line? What is that? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's 1.7x up on your full frame. Yeah. And people are like, wait, what? So why is it just called medium format? <laughs> to which Fujifilm says, that's a great point. We're calling it large. <laughs> it's a fascinating experience where I get to say, like, okay, well. Because nobody has released an eight by ten format digital sensor yet, you know we're we're still playing these games a little bit of like you know trying what the heck do we call these things? But uh, but you're right. I mean, 
um, I've said this a number of times, you know, I, I went to, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but I went from a CR2 file uh, to an RAF from an XT10. And my RAF files for my X-Pro2, I don't think the X-T10 quite hang, hung, but the, uh, the X-Pro2 that I bought next, my raw files from an X-Pro2 at a crop sensor size were almost double the size in megabytes to the CR2 file from the one, the X2. Oh yeah. Is, is it uncompressed? Yeah. I remember saying, saying like, wait a second, we're being fed up. We're just, we're genuinely being fed lies from these companies because what matters here is not how big the sensor is. What matters is how much data is inside the file. Yeah. I want the data. I don't care about how big the size of the sensor is. And, and then I said that, and uh, Mark, you're going to laugh at this, but I, I ate my words the very moment I shot an uncompressed file from that GFX 100. <laughs> and I sat back and I looked at that thing and I went, oh my God, 200 megabytes. What am I going to do with this thing? Right? Like <laughs> the answer is whatever you want. <laughs> I, literally whatever. I, you know what? This is a funny, uh, a funny statement. The, the moment that camera came out, um, I had an opportunity from, uh, from a friend of mine, actually, a retailer, really, um, before Fujifilm was really on board with sending me one of those guys. Um, I had my my opportunity to kind of touch one. And so I, I shot one. I shot a, a series of photos inside. This is like all, all the classic stories. I shot a series of photos inside a camera store um, because, that you know, they were like, don't take it outside. And I intentionally shot a number of photos so dark, like so pitch black on the sensor or through the viewfinder that I couldn't see anything. Um, and those of you guys that haven't seen one of these cameras yet, I, uh, you know, call me, I'll let you borrow mine. It's crazy. Um, I, I pulled it into Lightroom, just curious, like really just, okay, what's, what's all the hype here? And I grabbed the exposure and I dragged it all the way up and I went, whoa. I'm starting to see something here. Okay. So I grabbed the shadow and I dragged it all the way up. And I went, okay, all right, there's something there. And I fixed the noise reduction a little bit. You know, hey, it's getting a little murky. It's getting a little muddy. I pulled it into Photoshop. I was like, you know, I've now maxed out what can logically be done in Lightroom. Yeah. Pulled it into Photoshop. Grab the curves layer and I just drag it up. <laughs> just give it to me, right? At this point, I don't even know. I mean, honestly, I'm not kidding. I'm like five plus stops of recovery. And I'm like, yeah. oh, there's the inside of the camera store. And I run a <laughs> quick noise reduction you know, thing on it, action on it. And I'm like, okay, let's get rid of the noise. Perfect. Uh, save and close. And I'm just laughing to myself because while the rest of the industry is playing these games, I'm like, oh, you can shoot at 12,800 ISO. I'm like, yeah, but I can recover seven stops and beat that. Yeah. Um, it is a, it, I mean, it's a weird world we're in right now where, you know, you can be, I mean, you really can make, I don't know how you make mistakes like that with mirrorless, but I guess you can. Um, but yeah. It, it's a cool, I mean, it's a cool world, Mark. I mean, I, I, I'll say this, ultimately, what matters to me now, and this kind of goes back to where we started a little bit, but 
What matters to me now is the fact that with, with the camera in my hand, I get to unplug a little bit from the details. Like I, I don't have to feel like this calculator or this computer in my hands is helping me make decisions. I get to just say, I know I said this a little while ago, like I get to bring the paintbrush and my clients get to bring the paint. And it's like, let's just make stuff. Like, let's just create stuff. Let's just capture what actually is. Let's be present. Let's be intentional. Let's be, you know, purposeful. And, uh, and then on the back end, I don't have to be quite so stressed about whether or not you know, the image quality or the decisions that I made in camera ruined or, you know, messed up the photos. That's really, that's really a special thing as a photographer. And that's a great feeling, especially uh, when you have gear that allows you to, to get to that point. So, yeah, man, that's, uh, listen, we just came full circle on it. We came full circle and I was going to say, let's put a pin in this because uh, one, I definitely want to bring you back onto the show because one, you're a blast to talk to, uh, man, we to talk about, uh, uh, we, we rode the roller coaster of, uh, emotion and, uh, tech, uh, which I never thought I could do so, so well, but man, this was a lot of fun. I really uh, wanted to make you cry tonight, Mark. I mean, whatever it is, the next time, if you could wear your more emotional jammies, that would be helpful. You know what? I'm going to wear a cool hat too. That's what I'm going to do for the next time. I'm sending, uh, if you think I'm not sending you a picture tonight of the hat that I'm wearing, you're wrong. Oh my goodness. I, I, you know what? Tomorrow I will show you a picture of my hat. And then uh, you send me the Amazon link to the hat that I need to buy. There you go. Because and then I'll send you a picture of the Amazon link to my Labradoodle. Oh, there you go. Oh, I mean, I'll show you my Aussie then. It's yeah, just I mean, got weird. We're, we're throwing <laughs> down. Okay. <laughs> anyway, you were saying, let's wrap this up. You're right on. So, um, Miles, tell the world where they can find you on the web. Oh man, I, I I thank you for. I mean, everybody always asks that question, guys. My name is Miles Whitboyer. Um, listen, hey, just type that in. I I mean, it's it's at Miles Whitboyer everywhere. It's MilesWhitboyer.com. It's Miles at MilesWhitboyer.com. If you want to email me hate mail, um, either I'm so obsessed with my name that I can't get away from it, or more realistically, I'm a big fan of a of a brand that is transparent. So. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the easiest way to find everything. It's just, uh, I guess, type that into Google and you'll end up with several pages of ways to, uh, to connect with me. It's a sweet name, man. It's, uh, that, that, that's the name of a rock star. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it's the only, listen, photography is the only thing I'm good at. So, uh, there won't be any, any EPs being released soon. Um, but, oh, great. uh, right. <laughs> so no, that's, listen. It's possible. There you go. Right on, man. Well, Mark, dude, thank you so much. Like, I, and I mean that genuinely. I, I know I mentioned that early on in the show, and and uh, you were you were humble enough to to do the like, you know, um, the dodge that says like, oh, you know, this isn't my baby. You know, I I just work for it. But I mean, Mark, as the as the voice of Fuji Love, man, as the, as the the voice that I know and a podcast that I love and I, and you know, that represents things that I care about and, uh, and an industry that I'm 
you know, obviously very passionate about. Thank you for the opportunity to get on here and be a part of it. It, it means um, it means the world to me. I don't know what kind of weird world I'm living in that over the course of the last year, people actually care to listen to what I have to say. And, uh, and so, um, thanks for, uh, thanks for giving me a platform, man. No problem, man. I mean, you are so much fun to, to just, to, to, to listen to. I, I, I just spun the top and watch it go. <laughs> Truth be told, and it, it, is, it is such a joy. Uh, your stories are amazing, uh, and I will also say thank you to Fuji Love for for the the employee <laughs> because I am also grateful to them. Um, but thank you for the uh, awesome compliment that that truly means the world to me. Um, and, and you know, you you have this great way of telling your stories, but. Uh, you know, being so uplifting, just like your photography. So, <laughs> um, so thank you. And we will definitely have you back on very soon. All right, man. Well, I, uh, I look forward to it, man. Anytime. Um, you know what we need to do? We need to have uh, oh, a weird segue here, but at some point we need to have the whole B team on here, which is, uh, which is like, uh, that's me and Derek Fossbender, Alice Conklin, um, dude, she, by the way, Allison is like, she's amazing. I, I, she makes us all. She is, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Paul, like, hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Mark, you're supposed to disagree in that moment, man. Um, uh, sorry, she, and, she, uh, <laughs> and Paul von Reeder, who I don't know if you know Paul or not, but he is, uh, he's one of my closest friends in this industry. Dude is just absolutely unbelievable. And then Phil Porto, um, the five of us, uh, the five of us are, are kind of a, an odd, weird little Fujifilm click. And dude, at some point we need to get on here, all six of us, and and let you actually hear the banter. Oh, and Brian Manier. I'm horrible. I forgot Brian. That is something we will aspire to once the world is sane again and we can all meet in person. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be an epic video podcast um, i don't know why we call ourselves the b team i really have no idea the uh the 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 group message that uh, is ongoing perpetually ongoing between all of us is just called victor isn't invited <laughs> um and uh you know that's simply because the moment victor is invited it needs to feel a little bit more official <laughs> right on that's um, hilarious but uh but dude that would be an absolute blast like i mean it you know those of you guys that are listening and and uh if you ever wonder the, the truth of the matter is i don't think other camera brands are like this i really don't but the the creator team is like this weird um like high school glee club like we just all hang out we really do all hang out all the time and some of us are really, really cool, um, you know, like Shoddy New York and and uh, like, you know, uh, John Branch, the fourth, like some of us are really cool and some of us are really nerdy and and I sit in that camp. So, um, so at some point, man, let's just get the whole, I'll see if I can get the whole squad on here. We'll do a one large, awkward hangout. <laughs> That would be great. That would be, uh, I will see if I could wrangle that, uh, that crowd. 
Good luck. All right, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, just for the hangs, man. I uh, I'm gonna go um, hang out with my wife and uh, and wrap this work day up. But Mark, dude, thank you. I dude, anytime you want to hang out, I'm game for it. I'm a huge fan of everything that Fuji Love is doing. You got it, man. And we'll talk soon.